Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Overflow, the podcast. Are you filling everyone's cup meanwhile your energy and inspiration is drained? I believe when you move from overdrive to overflow, you have a supply of energy for people around you and all the demands of life so that you can tackle them with ease. Overflow is an experience of being in the zone with all your attention, so much so you momentarily forget everything else. This show is your weekly guide. Let's build a plan for making time for pure enjoyment or being fully absorbed in the complexity of your work or studies because this ambition will fill you up because you're not here to be average, you're here to be awesome. I'm Kimberly Snyder, motivational speaker, student of positive psychology, advocate and champion of people. I'm your cheerleader and your biggest fan. So fill up your cup, savor the moment as we chat and nourish the mind, body and soul so we can respond to life's challenges and find your overflow. Here we are. We're back. Welcome back to Overflow, the podcast with Kimberly Snyder. I'm your host. And today we are bringing someone who is not, I love this B2B, boring to boring, someone who is not boring, someone who is a light and inspiration Someone who has values like I do called pay it forward, where you're thinking about how to um, pay it forward. Apparently, she's a New York Times Wordle nerd, truly an animal lover, a travel enthusiast, and fueled by coffee. We're we're totally sisters. I want to welcome Sierra Campo to Overflow, the podcast. Welcome, Sierra. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for having me. You're such an inspiration, and I love your podcast. I love the messaging. You're it's such, such an uplift. And, an and you know what? And you are one of those women that are inspiring and uplift, uplifting others. I truly believe that. You call yourself a spirited entrepreneur, but you are also in corporate um, who believes B2B doesn't have to be boring to boring. I love that. That's right. Well, I mean, you show up every day. Life is too short for it to be boring. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm all about being passionate about what you do and uh, just making sure that it aligns with your authentic self. Truly, truly. I love that. And I'm so inspired. I mean, I see so many people writing books and starting podcasts, but you have written a book, a children's book. And you have this like pay it forward in the book. I just, I just think it's absolutely so cool that you've written this book. So it's called Picture Perfect Pet. Tell yes. us about it. <laughs> yes. So I wrote and published a children's book called Picture Perfect Pet. And it's a rhyming children's book that makes you laugh and it teaches such an important lesson for kids about social media, pet adoption, and to listen to your heart and not your likes. It's kind of, it's got Dr. Seuss vibes, but I would say it's a little more current where it's more inclusive. There's diversity. There's, I was very thoughtful with um, the messaging that went behind it. And uh, overall, it's just a feel good read aloud with a great message. I can read the back for you if you'd like. Let's hear it. Yes. yes please, please. Okay. 
So we learned something on this journey that we will never forget. There's no such thing in this world as the picture perfect pet. True beauty, love, and happiness is not flawless, fake, or filtered. Listen to your heart and life will turn out even better than you pictured. <laughs> I had so much fun putting this together, Kimberly. It was um, the beginning of the pandemic when everybody, you know, a lot of people started working remotely from yes. home. I guess a lot of people thought it would be a great time or opportunity to to get a, a pet. Um, and I was looking for a pet dog. I've always wanted one. And I thought, okay, now's the time. And uh, anyways, while I was on the journey to finding my dog, I kind of, I guess, revisited a passion of mine, which is writing. I used to, I used to song write um you know when in my younger years <laughs> I was really young um and I just revisited that for fun it was on a lunch break and I just sat there and kind of this story came to me in a rhyming form and I just thought oh that's fun and I read it to my family just for kicks and they'd be the first ones to tell me okay Sierra like what are you doing where are you going with this um because I certainly wasn't gonna be singing about it <laughs> but they said they're the ones that said this is such a cute message you should make it a children's book and I knew I always had a book in me um I thought maybe I'd come out of the gates with a YA novel or something you know on a larger scale but um this presented itself and I thought yeah that's a great idea and then you know what I did I put it in a drawer and I didn't look at it for two years. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it was just, I put it away and I thought, okay, you know, I'll get back to it. Yeah, so it sat there. And then I just remember, you know, so that's at the beginning of the pandemic. I ended up adopting my dog. Um, who I life got busier. Yeah, life got so busy. It aged me, actually. The puppy stages was <laughs> was a lot, but we absolutely love him, and he's brought so much joy to our family. Um, his name is Maverick, and he's very much living up to his name. Anyways, so then I finally, you know, this past year, I turned 35 in March, and I remember thinking, okay, Congrats. this is my year where I'm going to follow through and actually get it done. What is on my bucket list? Yes, I've always wanted to write a book and I have one that's sitting there. I just need to actually take the steps to make it happen. And um, and so I did. And I knew, you know, I want this to be done before the year's over. And here we are. Put your mind to it. That's it. Two years, it's in a drawer. And then you pull it out like, it's my birthday and this is going to happen. Yep. Yeah, it was my my wish and my promise to myself on my birthday. And and yeah, I mean, Overflow, your podcast, we talk a lot about how women tend to put themselves last. Like we were wired to be caregivers and take care of you know others. And whether that's a spouse, a job, kids, this and that, it all adds up. But so important to not lose your identity in the process of living you know like I said before it's like what made you if you if you can't find what made you happy just think back to basics like when you were a kid 
what made you happy as a child? Was that coloring? Was that, you know, going for walks outside? Um, it's so simple. And for me, I did feel like I was losing myself a little bit because, well, COVID, you know, kind of got the best of a lot of us and um, you fall into a rut and it's just kind of like, you know, it, it was a time to explore. It was a time to create if you viewed it that way, you know, if you were, if you looked at the positive of it. Mm -hmm. And so I took that opportunity, sorry. And the potential. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay, this is happening. How can I make the best of it? How can I do something for myself that I've always wanted to do? So I tapped into my creativity and what I used to love to do. And that was just writing. And um, there you are. So it kind of chokes me up a little bit, actually. I kind of put myself on mute there for a minute. I was a bit choked up. Like when you said it was a wish and a promise on your birthday yeah. yeah and you know what Sierra like whew. I feel like we're on a Barbara Walters uh interview here so. <laughs> yeah, it just it chokes me up because ah oh, who who is listening right now and who needs to make a wish and a promise for themselves like it's so true like yes we are carrying the world on our shoulders whether it's puppies children jobs teams businesses like there is so much and how often do we make a wish? You know, I, I just totally imagine myself at the birthday candles making a wish, right? But then to follow it up with, and I promise to achieve that. I promise to roll up my sleeves or put in that determination or that grit. Like it's absolutely beautiful. And I love too that you talk about what made you happy as a kid, like going back to that. Because I do think... We are uh, high achievers. We want to do well. We want to put in the hours at work for the the team and the business and and all the things. Then to reflect on, okay, who am I at my core? Like when I was a kid, if I had the afternoon to myself, what would I do? Would I be on a bike? Would I be writing songs? Would I be coloring? Like what is it that would be that that spark, that energy, that creativity that we would love to spend an afternoon that again we probably don't give ourselves like if we have an afternoon we're wondering well is this the afternoon that I should be doing all these other things not following through on the wishes and promises that we've made to ourselves I love my mom and we're always just texting each other and so the day that I the day that my book became an international bestseller. Woo! Yeah, congratulations. International bestseller. Let's just pause and soak that up for a minute. International bestseller. Wow. Thank you. Amazing, Sierra. Thank you so much. Yeah, I was um I was very proud of that accomplishment and honestly though, it takes uh it, it takes a team and it takes a lot of work up front. Yes, but yes. it also takes really supportive friends and family because they're the ones that help get you started. And then um, they spread the word. And then I think the product does also speak for itself too. And I think it's um, just overall getting a really great response. And so my mom texted me and she sends me this nice little quote. And it says, one year from now, I want to be able to look back at my life and say, you really did believe in yourself and it worked. And she says, 
you must have read this a year ago with a little heart. And it's so true. You know, the, the small steps that you take now, you know, can you imagine yourself in a year from now? You want to be able to pat yourself on the back and just say, okay, great. Awesome. I did it. Well, and your own, your own advocate. <laughs> and I, and I would add to Sierra, like how many times, like I was thinking about a uh, conference I went to. And one of the first questions at the conference was list all your recent accomplishments and successes. And of course I went blank. And so, yeah, isn't that, isn't that interesting? So a year ago, like to say, actually you've come a long way since a year and to pause and reflect on all the things that we have accomplished yet. We think, you know, it's not enough or it doesn't really count or all the things. And we're still trying to achieve, achieve more. And could we just pause a minute and say, look where we were, excuse me, look where we were a year ago and look where I am now. And all the things like challenge ourselves, that would be a great challenge to put out to people. If, if you're listening to the podcast, really pause and think about, could you name 10 things it, in a year you've accomplished, like your successes? Really, I, I think it's so funny that you blanked at that question because I look at your profile online and <laughs> you have so much happening and it's so inspiring. Um, but it's funny, I guess we just, we, it's a natural instinct to just freeze because it's really hard to talk about ourselves. Yes. But yes, I mean, maybe that's a trick is we have to write it all down to see it. And then uh, it's a good reminder. And listen, it's, um, it's going to be translated into French. It will be. Yeah. I've had some. With all the rhyming and the. Yes. It's something that we call transcréation. So it's not quite translation because we need a creative um, aspect to it as well to help make sure that the rhymes are there and um, that it's easily digestible for children to understand. Yes. Um, so I did hire a professional and it's in the works. But um, so we'll be doing some readings in schools in the new year. Another aspect of it is I do want to make it a series. I would love to come out with a cat book and a bunny book or maybe a fish book. Um, it's just been so much fun to put together. And I think that um, a series would speak to a wider audience as well, because it's not just about dogs. Absolutely. Absolutely. The kids would love that. I've got the dog one. I need the next one. I need the cat one, all the series. That's a brilliant idea. That's brilliant. Thank you. And you, so tell us one more time. So each book sale, there is a donation made and it's made to Pet Finder Foundation. And that is a shelter and rescue group across North America, right? Yes. So with each book sale, a donation is made to the Pet Finder Foundation. They represent, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's incredible. They represent over 12,000 shelters and rescue groups across North America and help adoptable homeless pets find loving forever homes. And they also just make sure that they're comfortable while they're there. I thought that I like what they represent and they just have such a wide reach. And because my book is available worldwide, it just made sense. Now, I think that there's still a long way to go. And there's most definitely ways that I can be involved locally. So I've been consigning locally 
in some indigo locations and some bookshops and doing readings and signings. So but I think um, so great. I would love to be involved with local shelters and rescue groups as well, where I can actually show up. Um, we could, I don't know, do some fun events there, raise yes. awareness, yes, um, raise awareness, and sell the book there, and and in turn they receive donations as well. So I just think that there's on a bigger scale, you know, I need to still map out a plan, but it's in the works. Brilliant. I love the pay it forward. It absolutely draws me to you. Like I'm writing a book. I want to inspire the children. I love how there's a modern sense to it. I love the rhyming, the Dr. Zeus. I love that. So it's for the kids. Like I said, there's been so many people writing books. So this is like for the children. And then there's this whole other element of raising awareness for pets that need to be adopted or safe before they do get adopted. I think it's very impressive. It's very impressive. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about your career path. How did you get to this? Oh my gosh. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) let's rewind time. (laughs) Um, My goodness. So when I was younger, I used to sing every weekend for charitable events And I was encouraged to start songwriting at a young age. I was actually in studio recording my first EP at 14 years old. It is such a competitive industry. And um, so I kept it up, you know, uh, up until (laughs) I was in university, I was studying journalism and I would literally be racing from my politics class on a Wednesday night to go set up at the bar so I could sing for three hours and I was 19 years old at the time and it was just I had my agent who is such an amazing person I'm still in touch with her to this day but she was saying you know go all in with this I believe in you you can make it and then I had my parents on the other side who were you know they were just as supportive and they totally you know they were there helping me set up and tear down all the time but my mom did always say, no one can take away your education. So she really encouraged that I finish school, that I graduate. And so at the time, you know, being a 19 year old, I felt a little bit stuck and I was kind of torn between the choices. It wasn't fun anymore. Um, So I just thought, okay, you know, I'm gonna continue with, with school. Um, So I did earn my BA in journalism print. And then I thought I would like to study the other side of media. Let's see what, you know, TV broadcast and film has to offer. So it was a good six years of school in total. Probably could have been a doctor, but (laughs) here we are. Um, It was, it was interesting. It was an interesting time. This is like, oh my gosh, I'm well, I already gave away my age, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but it like, yeah, you know, it wasn't like you were recording things with our cell phones and it was like the big, big cameras and this and that. But there was so much to learn. Um, it was so fun. It's like I had found my passion there. I was continuing to write. So it did very much align with my interests. Um, so it was interesting because in my fifth year, um, I had this opportunity for an internship. And it was 
I guess, unique because I was at home. I was living with my parents at the time um, out in the boonies <laughs> and we got a knock on the door and it was the location manager looking for a home to film in for a movie production that was being filmed in town. Come on. Yeah. And this is so foreign to us back then. Like this is maybe, oh my gosh, like I want to say 10 years ago or so, maybe my math is off. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they were scouting locations for a movie and we thought, oh my gosh, we hadn't heard of this in Ottawa. Ottawa is like the underdog of filming in Canada, right? Because you have Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, and yes, then yes. Yeah. So it was new to us, and we thought, okay, are they legitimate? Can we see your card? Research. Yeah. So we called them back, and we said, okay, all's good. This sounds great. Everything was in place, and I, I said, I, I'm studying in the field, and I'm interested. You know, what can I do to get started? And and they said, sure, okay, well. <laughs> there's no room to be a princess. You have to wear your steel toe boots, be prepared to drive actors and move trailers. And, um, and that's how I got started. And it's like, you, you, <laughs> you just, there can't be any pride and you just, you start at the bottom. And um, I was just so interested in it. And I, I ended up working after graduation, I ended up working as a location manager it's like I was the one knocking on doors, you know, it was intangible sales. You're like, wow, concept of a film crew taking over your house for five days. You know, it's um, it was so interesting. It was like event planning at a very fast pace. So you would get the script ahead of time. You'd have a month to, you know, you have to find several options for the director and see what works within the budget. Um, and then the second month, you know, after scouting and closing the deals, this is when the production comes to life and, you know, it's showtime. So crazy. It's kind of like a circus. So you're, you know, you're setting up, you're tearing down sometimes three locations in a day. So this was all really exciting. It was, it was fun. I was young and I had so much energy <laughs> and, um, you know, these days were like, up to 18 hours sometimes. And I would be the first to arrive um, and then the last to leave. Not always that crazy, but at the end of the day, it was eight months out of the year where we would take on these contracts. And then come the winter time, um, it would be quiet. You'd probably and, uh, sleep for two months. Yeah, exactly. Go to bed. We took these- Wake me up in February. Hours. Pardon me? Wake me up in February. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, there'd be a lot of catching up on sleep, but I, I actually took it as an opportunity to travel and just see the world. And yeah, like it, I absolutely love it. It's just, it was feast or famine. You know, there was lack of balance. There was no family life. So it worked well, um, you know, in my 20s. But then I started thinking, okay, this is more of an existence than a lifestyle. I need to figure out how I can create more of a lifestyle for myself. And what is it that I want in the years to come? So I think it's so important to sit down and be honest with yourself. Um, you know, and... <laughs> 
it doesn't always happen the way we plan it. But I think that, you know, you can still manifest um, to a degree. It's like, or take the right steps towards what it is you want. And it will happen in good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that exist versus choose your lifestyle. Like, that's exactly it. Like some people in the pandemic, they were just existing, surviving. Um, I often tell the story of, of a, a friend, a woman, a business woman that I love and respect. And, you know, she was saying, I'm embarrassed to show that there's all those wine bottles in my recycling bin through the pandemic. Like she was trying to keep the world together, her business, the team, family, all the things and was just surviving, just surviving. And so, yeah, at the end of two years, many, I would say women and men, the, the women I know, many, many of us survived the pandemic, but there are actually very interesting women. And I would include you in that as well, where they made things happen. They didn't just choose to exist. They chose their lifestyle. They made their wishes and promises to themselves and fulfilled them. Like, lost weight or did their MBA or all, all so many accomplishments that so many, I would say private, humble um, people made in the, in the pandemic where many of us were, you know, under the covers, uh, soothing ourselves rather than. Well, let's be honest. There's definitely those days. (laughs) There was those days. I don't don't think we would be human if we didn't have those days, but um, definitely in the grand scheme, it's like, you have to say at one point, okay, enough, you know, I'm going to yeah, take, control. what do I choose? Yeah. What's the yeah. lifestyle I choose when I look back on my year, or when I look at a year ahead, what do I choose? And I would love that. I'm not just going to exist and just put yeah. in the hours. I'm actually going to choose the lifestyle that I want. I love that. Yeah. And so from there, I mean, I was in the industry for, several years, about eight years. And then I thought, okay, this has been great. But I I realized I was starting to deal with the same sets of challenges. And I thought, um, I I need something a little more creative. Um, And then anyway, I put my thinking cap on and I took a chance and I told the producer, you know, thank you for this time it's been great and it was kind of hard to say goodbye because they were like a family after some time you know Mm -hmm. but um I took a chance and I I left and I started my own production company um I noticed that in the city you know there's a few production companies out there and um you know they offer great services but I think for you know the small to medium-sized businesses it can be very expensive like you're paying for the lighting guy, the sound guy, the this and that. And um, of course, you're getting an incredible product in the end. But I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I can offer those services at, um, you know, that are cost effective. And it was just my way of being creative and offering kind of branding services. Yeah. And it's ways for these businesses to promote their service offerings Um, And then they could have a series of videos to add on their website. And I was, I was getting creative. I was using stock video and, you know, editing and writing and all that. And I was, I was just putting it together. And, and um, so marketing agencies in town got wind of that and they were not yet offering those services then. 
And so I was working with them um, and I would, I would put together these promo videos for their clients. And so I learned a lot from being in the agencies and, and working in a team environment because I was always so entrepreneurial and kind of a lone wolf. A solopreneur, I'd yes, say. Yes. Um, yeah, but I, I learned so much. Oh my gosh, I dabbled in so many different things. I then landed in image consulting and took a course and, and that was, you know, on camera presence and how to dress for the job you want and, you know, closet edit. And it was all fun. I ended up branding my business and as brains and a good lipstick, I called it. And some people laughed, <laughs> but you know, I think it catches your attention. That's yeah. all you brains and a good lipstick. So I offered all of those services under one umbrella. So it was image consulting and then production videos, branding, social, you name it. Anyway, you know what? It, it opened so doors. Yeah, it was fun. And, um, but it's also, you know, it's a little lonely. Like there's pros and cons to being an entrepreneur and True. you wear so many hats. Like you're the, the client director, you're the creative lead. And then you're the accountant and the janitor, like you're everything. <laughs> true. It's true. You know what um, I love though, Sierra, it almost sounds like that career path, that creative, as well as the um, really like being true to yourself um, showing up authentic, even though this is the way they do it or they portray it. And that's all woven into your story. That's the picture perfect pet. You've got it. Yeah. <laughs> I will get back to that for sure. And that's it's, cool. I'm glad you picked up on that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, definitely inspired by some of my events in my life. But yeah, like, like you said, like it's all open doors um, to where I am now. And I'm currently leading the creative content team at a digital lead gen agency in B2B sales. So, you know, and I have such a great team and I just, I actually thought, oh no, you know, I don't know if they'll love so much that I've worked on a side passion project, but you know, I have their support all the way. They're amazing and they were the first ones to click by like and and even my boss is saying you know you need to come out with a series start working on book number two and it's just so great um to have to have that support so great so great really truly for leaders everywhere like truly a role model right so leaders when when somebody is coming to them and saying well i think i'm going to whatever uh, start a podcast, write a book. Imagine if they said, go for it. I believe in you. Go for it. I'll be the first to buy your book. Like it's imagine amazing. how loyal the team is, the employees, like imagine how loyal people are to the company, right? When they see them role model, great leadership. So good. I think it's just so important that, you know, you cannot let your work suffer. Like, obviously that's a priority, but it's just a matter of you know, in order to get it done, it's like, I'd wake up at it's the yeah. 5am club, yes. wake up early, yes. um, have my coffee, do a little bit of work here before I start the work day. And then you just, you carve out time. And even with family time, like, I just think it's so important to have a supportive partner. And then you can, you can get it done. 
It's amazing. It's so good. Well, that's a good reminder for, I think, leaders and teams. And imagine if we invested in our people. I was just on a seminar, a human resources seminar, and they were sort of talking about um, investing in people, skilling them up, and the worry that once we skill them up, they might leave. And then it's the Richard Branson quote, right? What if you don't, what if you don't skill them up? and they leave? Or what if you do skill them up and they actually stay because you've invested in them? Like imagine that like loyalty conversation. If if we actually said to our employees, go ahead and do it. I support you. Take some time and work on your passion project. If anything, that would make, well, it makes me want to stay. That's loyal. right. That's right. Yeah. It's That's encouraging. Right. That's right. Rather than some managers thinking, well, I don't want to invest and skill up my people because they might leave us. No, I think we should actually invest and skill them up so they stay, so they are engaged, they are loyal. It's beautiful. Any advice? Any advice for someone who is um, maybe has a dream or a wish and they have folded it up and tucked it away in a drawer? Any advice for them today? A best practice that you have, something that you would share for women like you or or maybe women who are two years behind you? I have a very dear friend who's in her 50s, and you would never know it, by the way. I swear she has found the fountain of youth. Um, but she is such a role model in so many ways. And we always have such great, real conversations. She always emphasizes that it's so important to make time for self-care. And she says this, Every day you've been given a bushel of apples and you hand them out to your demands of every day. So whether that's your spouse, kids, work, friends, at the end of the day, if there's not one for you to enjoy, you burn out. Mm -hmm. Women are notorious for that. We're caregivers. And it's okay to be a little bit selfish. And I wouldn't even call it that because it's it's like the basics of self-care. So make sure that you keep an apple for yourself, whether that corresponds to yoga or buying a lipstick or taking a bath. It's really just the simple things and giving back to yourself. So I work on carving out me time so I can show up as my best self. You know, I'm also such a planner. I write everything down old school style and I'm a sucker for crossing off a to-do list. It's true, the achiever. I recognize her. (laughs) so whatever energizes you so you can show up as your best self as often as possible I think is just a great start um to working towards your goals you gotta throw in Mary Kondo you gotta Mary Kondo your life (laughs) I love that I love that and I do I'm 100% with you whatever energizes you if it's like you said bubble bath or a chocolate cake or whether it's reading a self-development book. I recently, um, just this, so the kids went back to school in September. So in September and October, I committed to, at the very least, 10 pages of reading. And I just wanted to sit, Sierra, I just wanted to sit and read. And I thought even amidst a busy day or a crazy day or the, uh, we have sports, we're sporty family. So we've got sport drop off and sport pickup and dinner in between and all the things. And I committed to, could I just read 10 pages, which I, and I did, I really did commit to it. And I just loved it. 
And sometimes it was 10 pages pretty quick, but I committed to getting those 10 pages that I would sit, maybe the TV on, maybe there was the dog that needed a walk. So I agree with you, like carve out that me time. That's totally part of our overflow philosophy. Make time, whatever that is. If if a bubble bath is what, you know, is what you're, is what you're doing, uh, what is it? And yeah, it, it's not selfish. I agree with you. Well said. Mary every, Kondo, your life. <laughs> Mary Kondo, your life. <laughs> so every bit you do shapes who you are and where you're going. And that's why doing little things every day to help you grow personally and professionally is so important to always strive to be a better version of yourself and to stay in your lane and know that everyone's on their own journey. I think it's so important to cheer others on as well. It's not a competition. And, you know, you mentioned um, self-help books and to better yourself. I think it's wise to also surround yourself with people who are smarter or more accomplished so that you can learn from them. Just be around people who truly believe in you and have your back. Because in this world, there are adders and subtractors. You have the choice of who you will allow in your life. And it's about quality, not quantity. So going back to the message of the book, I mean, you can have your 16,000 likes and followers. But at the end of the day, what really counts is having that one friend to share the good, the bad and the ugly without judgment. For sure. For sure. That's so beautiful. And I love how you say also let's celebrate each other. So yeah, if for you, it's a book and for somebody else, it's their exercise routine. And for somebody else, it's their team or their promotion at work. Yeah. Why can't we celebrate? Cause we are all on a journey. I totally respect that. And why can't we celebrate each other and cheer each other on? And you know what? I love that positive and negative. If you have the adders and the subtractors, you want someone who is adding to your life, fueling you up, being the shoulder when you need a shoulder rather than adding more guilt and more shame that we can do that well on our own, can't we? Of course. And there's going to be times, I mean, sometimes you don't know how you're going to get there, but you just have to take no for an answer. Like, you know, if anyone wants something badly enough, they make the time for it. And I think a little trick is actually throwing it out to the world. Like you have to just be held accountable somehow. So when I announced the launch date, it was so real. <laughs> so people take you more seriously and now you have to walk the talk. I love it. It's so good, Sierra. I love I love the the wish and the promise that really really hit home for me. And I I love the story of your career and how very subtly that is, I think, part of your children's books message. And I would love to see more if you're going to build building a series. I love how you talked about choosing your lifestyle rather than just existing kind of day to day. And what a great, what a great way to end the podcast. Like what a great uh, challenge to put out to people, throw it out to the world. Like I dare you to, right? Put it out on the world, like announce it, tell it to a friend, share your launch date or whatever it is, share your wish, share your promise. And then those adders, those positive people in your life, they're going to help 
keep you accountable. They're going to cheer you on and hopefully lift you up when you, when you need a boost. That's so great. Throw it out to the world. So exactly. <laughs> well done, Sierra. Well done. I'm so, um, I'm really hoping that people will be inspired to pull out that note or that drawing or that wish that they made two years ago, pull it out and maybe throw it out to the world and say they could launch something or create something or start something I hope new. So. I hope this is um, really? inspiring and that, you know, even just one little piece of advice you can take home and I hope it makes a difference. As we come to a close, I like to ask these um, three last questions because I'm always wondering it seems that high achievers, they're always reading, listening, they're always absorbing um, new and interesting things. So my first question is, is there a book or a podcast that you might be listening to that you would recommend to us? Absolutely. I recently just discovered her. Um, it's the Mel Robbins podcast. Oh, yes. In particular, the episode, Why is Adult Friendship So Hard? It's so good. It it's so real. And one takeaway is she says, if you have a 4am friend, then you're doing great. So that means, you know, that one person that you can call, at, even if it's 4am, um, and you know, they'll pick up and for whatever reason, then you're doing well. Because like I said earlier, you know, it's about quality, not quantity. It's so important. Great. Yeah, that's a good one. That, and then <laughs> I do have to mention because, okay, I discovered the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast during COVID. Okay. I swear they've been living rent free in my head for the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> they're a husband and wife duo from LA and they've since had two babies and they're raising their family in Texas. The podcast is a little taboo only because they talk about everything under the sun and there's not much of a filter. Um, so major realness. Okay. But um, their brand and marketing geniuses, you know, they talk about the latest products to health and beauty routines to select guests and entrepreneurs. It's just, it's very entertaining. Okay. The Skinny Confidential. You got it. Thank you. Sassy. <laughs> What about if you had, if you were able to go back, Sierra, to your 20-year-old self, or if you had a 20-year-old in front of you, what advice would you have for her today? Hmm. When your head hits the pillow at night, only you know if you're being true to yourself. So make sure what you say, feel, and think all aligns and that's part of the journey to self-actualization so good everyone on the podcast is like hitting their 15 seconds go back what did she just say powerhouse how are you living in your awesomeness oh my gosh when i think of overflow the first word that comes to mind is a simple but very effective one i'm living my life in overflow with balance. And that's balancing friendships, family time, work, hobbies, me time. And it's all about prioritizing them. 
I used to be so hyper-focused, like a dog with a bone. <laughs> Everything was a race. I needed to be at this level by yesterday. I would bury myself in work. In fact, I'm still a little guilty sometimes and have to remind myself some days to stop and smell the roses as I get into overdrive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but being balanced and well-rounded makes life feel so much more whole. Um, it's so important to make the time for what matters most and ultimately to trust the process and the rest will follow and fall into place as it should. And I think it's, trust the process. And you've inspired me to kind of like trust my heart. Cause you know, when you're a kid and you get that birthday cake and the candles are all lit up and everybody's cheering and singing at the end, all the kids yell, make a wish, make a wish. But I think of my nieces, right? They would all say, Shh, don't tell anybody the wish. So I would also say like, trust your childhood self in there to that wish and make a promise and you can share it <laughs> can you accountable yeah share that wish say, oh this i see <laughs> great for the yeah so our friends will hold us accountable cheer us on get us to the finish line so, you got it <laughs> well sierra this is the start of many conversations congratulations on your book we will put your contact information in the show notes where if somebody wanted to find you and they're just listening to the podcast now, where would the best kind of first place to look? Oh my goodness. Um, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. And I have, here I am talking about, you know, all these life lessons of social media and not counting your followers and all that, but <laughs> Um, I am on, on Instagram. My book's handle is at pictureperfectpet.book. Pictureperfectpet.book. You got it. Thank you. Yeah, we will put your contact information in our show notes. Thank you so much for inspiring us. And I think even just the little things along the way where, you know, you said a wish and a promise or throw it out to the world little things that you you might think are so simple, I hope have a great big impact on someone who's listening today. So thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. I really appreciate you having me today. Good conversation. Love it. I hope this podcast feels like a guide in your ear, encouraging a shift in your mindset, boldly challenging you to stretch self-care goals, and continue to strive and achieve big accomplishments in life because you're not here to be average. You're here to be awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Overflow. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any comments, ideas, or feedback, you can find me on my website, peoplebrain.ca. Thanks so much for listening.